This is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta, certiori to the Court of Criminal Appeals of Oklahoma, argued April 27th, 2022, decided June 29th, 2022. Uh, if you'd like to support my journey to becoming a public defender, uh, find a PayPal link in the show notes or contact me at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. In 2015, respondent Victor Manuel Castro Huerta was charged by the state of Oklahoma for child neglect. Castro Huerta was convicted in state court and sentenced to 35 years of imprisonment. While Castro Huerta's state court appeal was pending, this court decided McGirt versus Oklahoma. There, the court held that the Creek Nation's reservation in eastern Oklahoma had never been properly disestablished and therefore remained Indian country. In light of McGirt, the eastern part of Oklahoma, including Tulsa, is recognized as Indian country. Following this development, Castro Huerta argued that the federal government had exclusive jurisdiction to prosecute him, a non-Indian, for a crime committed against his stepdaughter, a Cherokee Indian, in Tulsa Indian country, and that the state therefore lacked jurisdiction to prosecute him. The Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals agreed and vacated his conviction. This court granted certiorari to determine the extent of a state's jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. Uh, Supreme Court held, decision below is reversed and remanded, and Justice Kavanaugh delivered the opinion of the court. The federal government and the state have concurrent jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. The jurisdictional dispute in this case arises, arises because Oklahoma's territory includes Indian country. In the early republic, the federal government sometimes treated Indian country as separate from state territory. See Worcester versus Georgia. But that view has long since been abandoned. Uh, see Organized Village of Keke versus Egan. And the court has specifically held that states have jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed by non-Indians against non-Indians in Indian country, United States versus McBratney. See also Draper versus United States. Accordingly, states have jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed in Indian country unless preempted. Under court precedent, a state's jurisdiction in Indian country may be preempted by federal law under ordinary principles of federal preemption or when the exercise of state jurisdiction would unlawfully infringe on tribal self-government. Neither served to preempt state jurisdiction in this case. Castro Huerta points to two federal laws, the General Crimes Act and Public Law 280, that in his view preempt Oklahoma's authority to prosecute crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. Neither statute, however, preempts the state's jurisdiction. The General Crimes Act does not preempt state authority to prosecute Castro Huerta's crime. It provides that the general law of the United States as to the punishment of offenses committed within the sole and exclusive jurisdiction of the United States shall extend to the Indian country, that's uh, 18 U.S.C. Section 1152. By its terms, the act simply extends the federal laws that apply on federal enclaves to Indian country. The act does not say that Indian country is equivalent to a federal enclave for jurisdictional purposes. 
that federal jurisdiction is exclusive in Indian country or that state jurisdiction is preempted in Indian country. Castro Huerta claims that the General Crimes Act does indeed make Indian country the jurisdictional equivalent of a federal enclave. Castro Huerta is wrong as a matter of text and precedent. Pointing to the history of territorial separation and Congress's reenactment of the General Crimes Act after this court suggested in dicta in Williams v. United States that states lack jurisdiction over crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country, Castro Huerta argues that Congress implicitly intended for the act to provide the federal government with exclusive jurisdiction This fly made me lose my place. All right, hang on. <laughs> um, anyway, we're not editing a lot because there's a lot of cases to post. Um, Castro Huerta argues that Congress implicitly intended for the act to provide the federal government with exclusive jurisdiction over crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. But the text of the act says no such thing. The idea of territorial separation has long since been abandoned, and the reenactment canon cannot be invoked to override clear statutory language of the kind present in the General Crimes Act. Castro Huerta notes that the court has repeated the Williams dicta on subsequent occasions, but even repeated dicta does not constitute precedent and does not alter the plain text of the General Crimes Act. Castro Huerta's attempted to invoke Public Law 280 is also unpersuasive. That law affirmatively grants certain states and allows other states to acquire broad jurisdiction to prosecute state law offenses committed by or against Indians in Indian country. Castro Huerta contends that the law's enactment in 1953 would have been pointless surplusage if states already had concurrent jurisdiction over crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. But Public Law 280 contains no language preempting state jurisdiction, and Public Law 280 encompasses far more than just non-Indians on Indian, non-Indian on Indian crimes. Thus, resolution of the narrow jurisdictional issue here does not negate the significance of Public Law 280. The test articulated in White Mountain Apache Tribe versus Bracker does not bar state, the state from prosecuting crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. There, the court held that even when federal law does not preempt state jurisdiction under ordinary preemption analysis, preemption may still occur if the exercise of state jurisdiction would unlawfully infringe upon tribal self-government. Under Bracker's balancing test, the court considers tribal interests, federal interests, and state interests. Here, the exercise of state jurisdiction would not infringe on tribal self-government. And because a state's jurisdiction is concurrent with federal jurisdiction, a state prosecution would not preclude an earlier or later federal prosecution. Finally, the state has a strong sovereign interest in ensuring public safety and criminal justice within its territory, including an interest in protecting both Indian and non-Indian crime victims. This court has long held that Indian country is part of a state, not separate from it. Under the Constitution, states have jurisdiction to persecute crimes within their territory, except when preempted by federal law or by principles of tribal government. The default is that states have criminal jurisdiction in Indian country 
unless that jurisdiction is preempted, and that jurisdiction has not been preempted here. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Kavanaugh delivered the opinion of the court, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Alito, and Barrett joined. Justice Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion, in which Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support me, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes or get a hold of me at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S like the truck driving roads and the number 80 like my 